file fifty three of a treatise of human nature by david hume volume two this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by george jaeger book three of morals part three of the other virtues and vices section five some farther reflections concerning the natural virtues it has been observed in treating of the passions that pride and humility love and hatred are excited by any advantages or disadvantages of the mind body or fortune and that these advantages or disadvantages have that effect by producing a separate impression of pain or pleasure the pain or pleasure which arises from the general survey or view of any action or quality of the mind constitutes its vice or virtue and gives rise to our approbation or blame which is nothing but a fainter and more imperceptible love or hatred we have assigned four different sources of this pain and pleasure and in order to justify more fully that hypothesis it may here be proper to observe that the advantages or disadvantages of the body and of fortune produce a pain or pleasure from the very same principles the tendency of any object to be useful to the person possessed of it or to others to convey pleasure to him or to others all these circumstances convey an immediate pleasure to the person who considers the object and command his love and approbation to begin with the advantages of the body we may observe a phenomenon which might appear somewhat trivial and ludicrous if anything could be trivial which fortified a conclusion of such importance or ludicrous which was employed in a philosophical reasoning it is a general remark that those we call good women's men who have either signalized themselves by their amorous exploits or whose make of body promises any extraordinary vigor of that kind are well received by the fair sex and naturally engage the affections even of those whose virtue prevents any design of ever giving employment to those talents here it is evident that the ability of such a person to give enjoyment is the real source of that love and esteem he meets with among the females at the same time that the women who love and esteem him have no prospect of receiving that enjoyment themselves and can only be affected by means of their sympathy with one that has a commerce of love with him this instance is singular and merits our attention another source of the pleasure we receive from considering bodily advantages is their utility to the person himself who is possessed of them it is certain that a considerable part of the beauty of men as well as of other animals consists in such a conformation of members as we find by experience to be attended with strength and agility and to capacitate the creature for any action or exercise 
broad shoulders, a lank belly, firm joints, taper legs, all these are beautiful in our species, because they are signs of force and vigour, which being advantages we naturally sympathise with, they convey to the beholder a share of that satisfaction they produce in the possessor. So far as to the utility which may attend any quality of the body. As to the immediate pleasure, it is certain that an air of health, as well as of strength and agility, makes a considerable part of beauty, and that a sickly air in another is always disagreeable upon account of that idea of pain and uneasiness which it conveys to us. On the other hand, we are pleased with the regularity of our own features, though it be neither useful to ourselves nor others, and it is necessary for us, in some measure, to set ourselves at a distance to make it convey to us any satisfaction. We commonly consider ourselves as we appear in the eyes of others, and sympathize with the advantageous sentiments they entertain with regard to us how far the advantages of fortune produce esteem and approbation from the same principles we may satisfy ourselves by reflecting on our precedent reasoning on that subject we have observed that our approbation of those who are possessed of the advantages of fortune may be ascribed to three different causes first to that immediate pleasure which a rich man gives us by the view of the beautiful clothes, equipage, gardens, or houses which he possesses. Secondly, to the advantage which we hope to reap from him by his generosity and liberality. Thirdly, to the pleasure and advantage which he himself reaps from his possessions, and which produce an agreeable sympathy in us. Whether we ascribe our esteem of the rich and great to one or all of these causes, we may clearly see the traces of those principles which give rise to the sense of vice and virtue. I believe most people at first sight will be inclined to ascribe our esteem of the rich to self-interest and the prospect of advantage. But as it is certain that our esteem or deference extends beyond any prospect of advantage to ourselves, it is evident that that sentiment must proceed from a sympathy with those who are dependent on the person we esteem and respect, and who have an immediate connection with him. We consider him as a person capable of contributing to the happiness or enjoyment of his fellow-creatures, whose sentiments with regard to him we naturally embrace and this consideration will serve to justify my hypothesis in preferring the third principle to the other two, and ascribing our esteem of the rich to a sympathy with the pleasure and advantage which they themselves receive from their possessions. For as even the other two principles cannot operate to a due extent, or account for all the phenomena without having recourse to a sympathy of one kind or other, 
it is much more natural to choose that sympathy which is immediate and direct than that which is remote and indirect to which we may add that where the riches or power are very great and render the person considerable and important in the world the esteem attending them may in part be ascribed to another source distinct from these three that is their interesting the mind by a prospect of the multitude and importance of their consequences though in order to account for the operation of this principle we must also have recourse to sympathy as we have observed in the preceding section it may not be amiss on this occasion to remark the flexibility of our sentiments and the several changes they so readily receive from the objects with which they are conjoined all the sentiments of approbation which attend any particular species of objects have a great resemblance to each other though derived from different sources and on the other hand those sentiments when directed to different objects are different to the feeling though derived from the same source thus the beauty of all visible objects causes a pleasure pretty much the same though it be sometimes derived from the mere species and appearance of the objects sometimes from sympathy and an idea of their utility in like manner whenever we survey the actions and characters of men without any particular interest in them the pleasure or pain which arises from the survey with some minute differences is in the main of the same kind though perhaps there be a great diversity in the causes from which it is derived on the other hand a convenient house and a virtuous character cause not the same feeling of approbation even though the source of our approbation be the same and flow from sympathy and an idea of their utility there is something very inexplicable in this variation of our feelings but it is what we have experience of with regard to all our passions and sentiments End of file 53